0: We're actually going to take a th- the next theme as we look at Pentecost. Uh, sometimes you you going back to the beginning and looking what the commandments are around it that God gave, give us some insight because. On uh, one thing, sometimes we just want to go back two thousand years ago. It was Pentecost, that outpouring of Holy Spirits. It's tongues. It's it's flames of fire. It's gifts. And okay, we got it now. Unfortunately, though, there's a lot before that, and there's still more to come. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so we can't ever just go, okay, I got it now, I figured it out, because there's always going to be more. And so I am much more in the vein of let's go for the more, let's figure out the more, and understand because uh, this Sunday it's a great time to to seek after the baptism of the Holy Spirit or for more of his presence. And there's other ways that you celebrate this particular feast. And uh, that's what we're going to look at for the next few breaks as this hour, is then we'll wrap it all up. So in the annual Pentecost festival, now this is going back Old Testament, they were commanded to make more sacrifices or offerings than any other festival. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't it. Yeah. Passover. It wasn't at um, Yom Kippur in the fall. It wasn't No, it was at Pentecost it was where all the sacrifices come from. But there has been no temple in existence for the Jews since it was destroyed in 70 AD. Now, for Christians, with the death and resurrection of Yeshua Jesus, the sacrificial elements are completely fulfilled. But there are four distinct offerings that are important for us to look at if we're going to understand what Pentecost is and what God has in mind. So, uh sacrifices i know this is a little deep but apply this keep in mind sacrifices are taking the place of you dying that's the ultimate jesus died for us but ultimately they're there they're they're our replacement so they're the ultimate judgment in contrast it's life or death jesus or destruction so if you keep that theme in mind as you look at these old testament uh offerings you'll it'll make sense So, we're going to jump into Leviticus 23, and I'll break these into four pieces. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to Jehovah. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour, baked with yeast now notice that baked with yeast as a wave offering of first fruits to Yovah. alright so first it's leavened bread that's waved flour frankincense oil salt at Passover the bread was unleavened you probably remember that because leaven represented sin Jesus was holy and made us holy or unleavened then as we count the Omer as we were living a new redeemed life day by day we're not living with sin added to us right When we arrive at Pentecost, though, the bread is now leavened. But the leaven represents the Holy Spirit now, not sin. In the same way that the Israelites lifted up the serpent in the desert and it represented Jesus on the cross, this leaven represents the Holy Spirit. At Passover, Jesus became sin for us and took our punishment. At Pentecost, we're holy from the blood of Jesus. He sees us like the finest flower, so we can receive the Holy Spirit, the power to live. Try this in Matthew 13, another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. (laughs) That'll throw you off. Uh, Which a woman (laughs) took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leaven. So even Jesus explained it a little bit. In this case, the Holy Spirit is in us, causing a change in us, convincing us, and continually leading us to repentance. We're overcoming sin daily. He is changing our nature and character into a sweet-smelling fragrance which is like that fresh yeasty bread smells awesome, same thing. We should be, in a spiritual sense, smelling <laughs> awesome. All right, that's the uh, first offering is the meal offering. All right, second one, burnt offering. Continuing in Leviticus, present with this bread seven male lambs, each a year old without defect, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to Yehovah, together with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a food offering and aroma pleasing to Yehovah. Now, the most important thing there is it's all burned, all right? That's the nature of a burnt offering. You've probably had meals like that. That was more like a burnt (laughs) offering. So the life and death of Jesus perfectly accomplished the will of God, but it's got to be completely burned. He had to die. He couldn't just be, you know, singed. So burnt offerings are burned, burned. All right, next thing. The sin offering and fellowship offering are grouped together because these are to cover the priesthood. The sin offering, then the sacrifice, one male goat for a sin offering and two lambs each year old for a fellowship offering. The priest is to wave the two lambs before Jehovah as a wave offering together with the bread of the first fruits. They're a sacred offering to Jehovah for the priest. Now the fellowship or peace offering, he became our peace or substitute. Pentecost was when the words of the Holy Spirit poured out of the mouth of his church. The fruit of their lips was praise and the gospel which led to revival. I already read you a good bit of Acts chapter 2 as Peter is preaching and tells them, what do we do? And he says, says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and for all who are uh, are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. On that same day, you are to proclaim, back to Leviticus, a sacred assembly and do no regular work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. Now, typically for us, that's not really hard because um, Pentecost is always on Sunday. So Saturday night to Sunday and all day, we're, it tends to be our, our Sabbath anyway. So, but side, sideward there. The focus of Pentecost is on wheat, but they brought the first fruits of all of their crops. And there were seven crops at Pentecost. Wheat, barley, grapes, figs, pomegranates, olives, and dates. And if you notice, there's seven gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. All of these things kind of line up. Pentecost is the day the Holy Spirit came upon believers gathered together. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes into your life? You manifest the fruits of the Spirit. You don't have evidence otherwise. Same thing with, with salvation. You don't have evidence if you're not truly saved. If Jesus isn't in your life, if your life is still your life, then you're not saved. You're just making a claim, but if Jesus has come into your life, then you are different. You are, he's now living his life through you. The Feast of Weeks is fulfilled in the empowering of the church to bring the harvest of the gospel and the end time harvest of Jesus. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am Jehovah, your God. That's what that's about. I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. The time to reap has come and for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was harvested. So when you come to Pentecost, on one vein, we're looking at this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But when you look at the very end of it, It's the great harvest of the earth. And so of all things you have to get on Pentecost, it is much more than just this infilling. It's why. Mm -hmm. Why are you being filled? It's for the gospel.